Before we get started, I want to let you know about some changes we're making for our Patreon subscribers. Now at all levels, we are adding a little extra at the end of our weekly shows just after our tagline for all levels of membership. So for $1, you get the show plus an extra 10 to 20 minutes of show after the free show is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we're borrowing from Bob Seska's idea. At the $5 level, you get the extra part of the show plus one video sketch per month. And at the $10 level, you get all of that plus an additional video sketch per month. Thank you to all who are currently subscribing and to our future Patreon subscribers. Now onto the show. Um, because I just want to keep people on their toes. I am so excited you're on the show. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of From the Bunker with Jody Hamilton and Sean Barker. Hi, welcome to From the Bunker. You can visit us at from dash the dash bunker. What is it, cat? Do you see her? She's mad at me. Our, my cat just, not she didn't bite me. But anyway, um, welcome to from dash the dash bunker.com. You can email us at info at from dash the dash bunker.com. And we have... <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm such a fan. We have the best guest ever since Frank Schaefer. That's true. We did have Frank Schaefer on what, episode nine? I think it was earlier. I think it was in the single digits, yeah. Yeah, it was. At, yeah, we're at 648 now. I think it was episode nine and I figured wow. out how to get him in with the phone and I still can't figure that out. But luckily, things have changed and we have the fabulous, wonderful and amazing penmanship lady. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that. Uh, the lovely and talented Mary Trump. Yay! Hi, guys. <laughs> How's that you know, when, when I was in kindergarten and I heard Frank Schaefer on your show, um, <laughs> I thought someday I, too, could be a guest, but then you never did guest. So I was very worried that this would happen. I'm so psyched to be here. As I was saying earlier, I, I feel like I've known you guys forever. So this is really cool for me. Well, no, thank you for being on the show. No, thank you so much. And and Sean initially was not going to be in town. So it was like he, he I, emailed I, I, me the other day. He's like, I'm going to be. And I'm like, you want to be on with the lovely Dr. Trump? And he's like, duh. Yeah. Well, actually, at first I thought you were just going to say, uh, you know, Sean's going to be here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> As if. No, when you when you agreed to be on the show, you guys see how easily I'm replaced. I'm like, mm -hmm. seriously, Pete Best? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I went, wow, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so, Mary, by the way, I was showing Sean how you uh, signed the reckoning for me, and he's like, her penmanship is just wrong. It's, it's too wrong. good. It's too good. <laughs> I said, send it back with circles going like uh, misspelling, uh, too straight, uh, too <laughs> like, readable. Like, do you use a ruler? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's you and my friend Blair, who I went to Seabury Hall with, the best penmanship on the planet. Yeah. Like, what is going on? I can't do it. You saw my thank you note. It's a scribble at best. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's all about. However, my script, however, is kind of psychotic. <laughs> okay. Um, so maybe I'm just you know, counterbalancing the script with, uh, yeah, I write like a typewriter. I yeah, you like do. It's, I it's amazing. It's like, and I, and, and definitely David is honored to also be a goth ninja with you as am I and, and Mr. Seska as well. So this is the third time I've talked to you and I get to see you. <laughs> it's very cool. 
It is. You know, it's weird because I think everybody's sort of in a love or a hate, hate, tolerate relationship with Zoom. Right. But um, it's, yeah, but you know, when, when it's literally the only chance you get to see somebody that you, you feel like you've known for a long time. Right. Really cool. Honestly. It is. I can't wait for you to come out to LA and then sit in the bunker. Oh, yeah, I will. I mean, I plan to be out. I plan to be out there last year, but we know how that turned out. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's part of what your book is about. Which I'm halfway. That first chapter is hardcore, man. I yeah. mean, it's it's. Have you read it yet, dear? I no, haven't given it to you yet. Not yet. Um, um, it's all about the racism in right. our country, right. starting at the beginning, and Slavery. it's. Sure. This is what people should be teaching. Yeah, but it would uh, be accused of being critical race theory. Which is, yeah, yeah which is bull, as we all yeah. know. I mean, you know. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I know the book, the second book I wrote is not at all what people were expecting. But um, first of all, I'm really grateful that my publisher gave me the leeway Yay. to do it. That's great. Um, and I just feel like it, we've got to stop pulling punches and, 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 you know, we meaning white people in America yeah. need to start facing up to some hard truths. And I know it isn't easy to read. It's, it's not a, it's not enjoyable. So somebody once said, I, Oh, I enjoyed your book. I was like, do you need therapy? It's not enjoyable, <laughs> um, but it's short. And I think it's, it's readable, Yes, you know, but uh, yeah, there it's, it's not um, fun. Right. No, it's not. I mean, and what we all went through and, and with Donald, which I'm starting to get better at calling him Donald. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Because you've taught me that. Thank you very much. Um, and I if mean, you learn nothing I mean, else from the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Well, I mean, your first book, by the way, I mean, you're you're an amazing writer. Um, it's it's. I, I hate to use the word easy read, but it is. You you make it easy for the reader to understand what you're trying to portray. I mean, because I'm in the middle of a second read on a book. I don't know if you've ever read it called The Disappearance. No. It was written in 1951. And basically, it's a science fiction book that my dad wanted to option years ago. I read it in, God, before I met you, Legs. Shortly thereafter. Shortly thereafter. Okay. Um, and it's about heard it because I love science fiction. Oh, so. it's fantastic. Um, and basically, it's this uh, philosopher, scientist, and his wife. It takes place in the late, early fifties. So think housewife, and they live in Florida. And at the same moment in time, in the afternoon, he disappears from her world, and he disappears from hers. And they oh. both disappear from each other's world. So it's only men on one side one timeline and women on the other side. And it's during the late forties, early fifties. So we've got nuclear issues and women not knowing how to do a lot. Um, and so there's, it's a very interesting um, psychological take on the sexes. That's fascinating. It is. It's very fascinating. And who wrote what, it? Uh, Philip. I have it in there. Um, is it a Philip K. Roth? Thing? No, it's not. Okay. And, oh, um, Okay. No, it's not. I'll look it up again. But it's it's and they end up coming back together at the end. But it's interesting what the women do. It, the Russian women come to meet the us on the Hudson um, and men, of course, blow each other up because, you know, men. <laughs> um, but the, the, the narrator of it basically is the guy. And it's a very interesting take on. But it's very wonky. 
Like yeah. I love the book, yeah. but like your yours is not wonky though. It is kind of, it's like, like you can be wonky and be a good storyteller. He's too wonky, but I'm rereading it again at 54. <laughs> when I read it, baby. I was, I read it, I think the first time when I was 17 or 18 years old. Oh. Um, Cause dad wanted to uh, option, it. option it for it. It's still, I think somebody should option it, but take, yeah. Take it in the time period that it was, because now, even now, what's interesting reading it now is how little we have grown. Right. I mean, it could be it could be uh, set in 21st century Mississippi and it would yeah. still feel like the 1950s. So, yeah. 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 It's it's a very it's called The Disappearance. It's Philip something. Philip something. Oh, I'm going to check that out for sure. Yeah, I got it. I, got, I was lucky to get a copy of it on Amazon. I was like, oh, I remember this book. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a difficult read because the it's very wonky. On yeah. psychology and on, but I like it. I it's just I'm rereading and going. Oh, we should totally make this a movie. Yeah. As as far as movies are, how are you doing with Foundation? Are you still watching it? You know, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> like mm, no, I'm not. Um, I think I think I I actually had started rereading it, and then you know I stuff happened. I got busy, and then. Um, I started rereading some other Asimov stuff and uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I kind of hit a wall with it. Did you try it or no? Um, I read the book 30 something years ago, a bass bass player in a band took, turned me onto it. A band called Hmm. dangerous toys from Texas. Back in the that? day, they had a hit song called "Teasing and Pleasing." Teasing and Pleasing. Uh, <laughs> and I met them in Denver, and Mark, their guitar, their bass player, turned me onto the series. So I started reading yeah. it. I yeah. loved it, like doing oh, it. Just I just consumed it, like so phenomenal, right? And then, did you ever read Play- "Prelude to Foundation"? A long time ago, because that I read that because that was written after the first mm. book. So I'm like, well, this yep. makes even more sense now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's what I'm in episode seven. Oh, you've, okay. So I've, I think I got through the first three. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll revisit it. You know, there there's enough good in it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the thing about especially Asimov. He was my favorite writer. I've read pretty much everything he's written. Um, I actually just reread Caves of Steel because uh, it takes place on a seriously social distanced planet and uh, wow. people who are afraid to be in the same room with other people. And I, you know, I read it many, many years ago, many, many times, but I thought I, I wanted to revisit it. But um, yeah, so I, I've read everything the man wrote. So I have a very um, embedded idea of what his worlds look like. Right. Uh, you know, just... I, I, same thing with uh, Bradbury and like the Martian Chronicles. So it's it is difficult to to give it over to, to somebody, somebody else's, else's vision, visual, yeah, visual imagination. I mean, uh, I so. assume you did you see, sorry, Sean, we're being nerdy, no, 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 science I'm good. fiction people. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, did you see Dune? No, it's on my list. I've just been really busy, um, but I will watch it because. We, you know, I was I was not into Frank Herbert the, to the extent that I was into Asimov and others, but. Right. Um, you know, definitely worth watching for sure. Well, it's different than the the Sting movie, which is what I call oh, the first no one. That's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. what's funny. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, it's it's because I, I watched the original one and I read all the books and I'm like mm-hmm. trying to because it was years ago when I read the books and it was like the movie did not because you can't in one right. movie it's very difficult because it's a it's a 
It's impossible. an epic, right. you know, feature. It's incredible world building. Yeah. Which foundation is, and you can't do it in a movie. You exactly. Can. But Dune, this, this incarnation, which they're going to do more, obviously, mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. It's so okay. stunningly beautiful for a Yeah, shot. I've, I've seen enough of, to, to know that the, the cinematographer is phenomenal. It is, and nobody got shot, thankfully. That's good. That's yeah. also, yeah. also yeah. good. Poor yeah. Alec Baldwin. Um, so, okay, we're going to talk about other stuff other than being nerds. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I know she's a nerd. I, totally. I'm... You know, I'm still watching Blue's Clues. Um, <laughs> I like and I'm sure you appreciated I Steve's uh, return. I know. I am. I am so happy that he has returned. Uh, yeah, I do like the educational challenge. And, you know, there's always a mystery. Right. There is indeed. Mm-hmm. And just as there is with Big Bird. I know. Who could possibly hate Big Bird? I That's don't know. That from Texas. Oh, was that out oh, loud? That was a little loud. That was out loud. What time is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was minutes. loud enough. Okay. Yeah, 12 minutes in cuz we're we're a family <laughs> show. <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> we try to be FCC compliant. Yeah, I mean, you can't oh, say, yeah, thank you, you for Yeah, you can't say yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you you can't, can't do that. that. No, no twelve twenty-one. Oh, all right, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> just, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Big Bird, who is a 6-year-old fictional bird. Yes. He's been. He's very tall, though. He's very tall. Um, he was. You know, he's tall for his age. Um, The hormones. It's the hormones. It's the hormones for anybody's age. Yeah, all those hormones have been building up because he's been six for fifty years. (laughs) So Ted Cruz is mad at him. I just find that because he was promoting vaccine when we were little. Mm -hmm. You know, it is so. uh, I, I think. We need to stop caring. I had to really just because the people who are going to be convinced by that kind of spectacular cynicism mm-hmm. can't be reached. Yeah. Um, you know, because there are people who have probably had Sesame Street in their lives for, you know, since they were little yeah. and like suddenly they're going to question the purity of Sesame Street. Um, you know, they just don't have anything else. And uh, I actually tweeted about it. I think I said something like, you know, Big Bird is kind and compassionate and empathetic and loving and adorable and vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And Ted Cruz is vaccinated. <laughs> exactly. Um, so a lot of the responses were like, oh, my God, you're such an idiot. Big Bird isn't real. <laughs> and I cried because I hadn't known that. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, like, this is what these people were saying yeah. to me. Like, all right, I, I cannot care anymore. Did you start following Cookie Monster, who is Senator Big Bird's campaign manager? <laughs> <laughs> I will, now that I know. No, it's it's um, literally, he's Senator at Senator Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs> and they're Big doing Bird a whole thing to Texas. He does. I think Beto is going to be okay. Start a movement. We do. I mean, well, what he can he, fly? He can't. He's a bird. For F's sake. See, now I see I filtered. You did. See, That's I, good. I, That's I good. filtered. I'm a good girl. Seamless. I know. Yeah, it was so. I'm so good at that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's <laughs> it's insane that that seriously Ted Cruz is upset with. Big bird. Big bird. Yeah. He's not. That's the thing. He's not. You couldn't care less. 
it's just an issue. It's a, it's it's an easy way for him to get people mad and yep. wild up. Well, they don't have anything else. You're absolutely right. Newsmax now the way by the way <laughs> is now mandating vaccines for the people that work there. Right. Shocked, I tell you, shocked. Shocker. Mandating vaccines so the people are safe enough to go into work and lie to millions of people about how dangerous the vaccines are. Yep. And That's, how it's an encroachment upon your civil liberties. Exactly. Now, uh, they basically, um, Newsmax was quoting OSHA, <laughs> which <laughs> I love. They're like, well, OSHA says we have to do it because we have at least 100 employees. It's like, oh. Newsmax is deep state. Who knew? Who knew? Sure. OSHA and OAN. I mean, I can't wait for OAN to start doing it. <laughs> you know, it's just... I, I just, um, I sure just, I, I, I'm sure they have. Cause I mean, you know, we know Fox news, <sighs> um, has been lying about it forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. still have friends that are vaccine hesitant because they got vaccinations as children, but they don't like pharma. And it's like, okay, we need to just stop being hesitant. Yeah. I love you. Granted, my friends that are like that never leave their homes and they're not around anybody. So pretty much like huh. we are. Yeah. We're, we're one number one no, with shut-ins. You, we are. We are number one with shut-ins. Um, That's the only reasonable, you know, if you take responsibility for your decision, that I don't care if you get vaccinated or not. Yeah. But once you decide to leave your house, sorry, it's, it's not up to you anymore. Right. I mean, I have other friends that can't because of medical reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, and when I yell about vaccination, I'm all, it's not you. Well, what did you ter- uh, tell Mr. Aaron Rodgers then? Oh, he can go F himself in the A because I'm a Niners fan. (laughs) Because there's that. There's that. That's enough of a reason then, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean, he lied to the NFL. That's even worse. He's despicable. Well, he he lied when asked about it. Mm -hmm. He lied when asked about uh, if he tried to get an exemption with the NFL. And then the NFL provided proof going like, well, here's your submittal for exemption. Right. And he goes, well, oh, that's right. I did do that. And the other thing is, is that was it last Friday when he went on that show? Why did he pick that show as opposed to going on ESPN or right. Dan Patrick right. or an actual right. show to talk about it? And I think it was just for him to either pontificate uh, his freedom of choice or whatever he wanted to say. And no I, pushback, I, I thought, I thought no that was a bunch of, Yeah, there was a bunch mm-hmm. of BS involved. And the two guys are just happy to have him on or just let him go. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That, that bugs me about some of the media when they talk to, uh, uh, for instance, in Virginia with Yunkin, by the way, nobody's claiming voter fraud because Yunkin won. Right. Isn't it amazing how that works? Yeah. Because they were claiming before he won mm-hmm. yeah. that there would be I, a problem. Nothing like uh, prophylactic claims of fraud. <laughs> and so now, and his son tried to vote twice. Yes. And he's only and he's 17. 17. And he's only 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I think the school's... And sometimes parents yes. don't do the best job teaching their children about participating in our society or civics or whatever. But um, if I were running for governor of anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would be pretty sure I would explain to my daughter how things work. Yeah. So it's such a terrible reflection on that horrible man who's going to be Virginia's governor. Um, and then, of course, they come out with 
how disgusting it is that the left is doing all this opposition research. It's like he twi- tried twice to vote. The one time it's like, oh, wait, I can't right. vote. I'm not old enough. And the, the person said, well, no, you can register to vote if you're going to be 18 by the next election. I'm happy to register you. And then he came back again. It's like he had been, it's, if he didn't know the first time, he was now warned that this is not. And it wasn't even where his family's registered to vote on well, top of it all. Place. Although, you know, then I don't think I think the number of kids who don't know you have to be 18 to vote is the same number of kids who don't know you have to be 21 to drink. It's absurd. That is absurd because yeah. I think we might have been the last generation to get civics. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, it's no longer being taught. And it's uh, it, and that's yeah, really you have a 19 year old son. Was it taught? No, nope. And nope. your daughter, she didn't. She's 20. No, I remember when um, when Bo Biden died, uh, you know, I picked her up from school and I just heard about it and it made me very sad. It was 40. I was just, tra- you know, Joe Biden's tragic life. So she said, yeah, what's up? And I, I, I said, oh, you know, Joe, Joe Biden's son died. It's terrible. And she said, who's Joe Biden? Who's Joe? Like, She's the vice president of the United States. <laughs> Wow. I know, I know, I know. Because I remember getting into, do you remember Karen Kirstenbach? Yeah. Um, this, see, high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in 10th grade. You know we dated, right? You and Karen? Yeah. Kirstenbach? Uh-oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Right. You know her mouth was weird. We're about to go we down even... a wormhole, people. <laughs> wow. wow. No, but we got into an argument in our civics class with uh, Ishimini. Mm-hmm. And uh, the teacher. You know, and, um, I never dated her. You did not? No, I no didn't. everybody I didn't. else I didn't. did, though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was the only one. True confessions? True. I wish I could more. It's okay. I would have been more prepared. <laughs> no, but yeah, seriously, but. I mean, she was, I mean, my mom and my dad, because of FDR, luckily had food on the table because neither of their parents were wealthy and, right. and they were welfare kids. And I mean, my dad's mom worked, his dad did not, my mom's mom did not, she couldn't. And, and her father couldn't and her grandmother didn't. So welfare kids. And because of that, they were able to eat and have rent. And I got into an argument with Karen because obviously her parents didn't have to go through that. Right. She's like, well, welfare's bad. Cause it was the early Reagan years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It was yep. super early Reagan. And I'm yeah. like, wait. And I just said, are you a fan of my mom? She goes, yeah. I said, without welfare, you wouldn't know her. Yeah. Right. And she was like, oh, oh, oh. wait, welfare oh. is good. I'm like, yes, it's, it helps people eat and have a, re- I remember my mom telling me her grandmother <laughs> when the rent went up to $30 a month and nanny said, it's a dollar a day. <laughs> you know how dare they charge us that much you know and and it was a one bedroom not even it was a studio apartment in hollywood i mean it's not much bigger than the room that sean and i are in i mean it was that tiny wow. um and it was my mom and and uh and nanny wow with a murphy bed Yep. That never went back up. It was just <laughs> i had one of those <laughs> <laughs> my first cool. apartment in new york city yeah, I, I it, and it's. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody about this recently that you know we live in this incredibly rich country in which there are many many people who have full time jobs. I mean, somebody considers their work valuable enough to mm-hmm. hire a person mm-hmm. and pay that person to do that work, right? right? So it has value. 
Um, and yet we refer to them as the working poor because yeah. even though they have uh, full-time jobs and they work as hard as anybody else, they can support themselves. Right. Because um, apparently, according to Joe Manchin, we live in an entitlement society. He just doesn't seem to get that the, pe- the, in- the people who are entitled are people like him. Um, so it is amazing to me how these things get turned around and how, um, you know, helping people in need has become... Uh, or I guess in some circles continues to be off limits. Right. As it's a moral, you know, it's your problem when we live in a society that's entirely stacked against people who are struggling. Um, so it, it's, it just blows my mind. The fact that we have kids who um, have to pay their lunch bills, if afford, you know, if they can't afford to pay for lunch and then they get shamed or whatever. I, right. I mean, it, just it's so um, I, not that this is nothing new. I I and I just wonder uh, if you guys see it this way, too. It just seems like there's this. Um, the lessening of empathy mm-hmm. and the increases in cruelty are. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it, except, you know, at Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's, you know, Reagan. Uh, helped mm-hmm. perpetuate Perpetual, this. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, he, um, <laughs> I, I actually met him. I have a picture with me and him somewhere in this room that I just found recently. Can you take the darts out of it? And trust <laughs> <me or? laughs> well, I mean, he was very pleasant, you know, I'm sure he was, he was incredibly pleasant. Um, but he, what bothers me about Reagan in particular was he was a union president. Yeah. And then destroyed unions. Yep. So he betrayed everything he had stood for because of... Did you see the documentary about him on, uh, I think it was HBO, The Reagans? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's good. Um, really? I, I don't know if I could bear to... It's, it's, it tells you a lot about what happened to him, and, and Ron Jr. is on it. Um, bless him. Um, and um, it talks about basically when he met Nancy, not his first wife, but when he mm-hmm. met Nancy, because her father was a staunch Republican. Mm-hmm. And he's like, son, if you want to do something. And that's when he flipped from being a staunch Democrat union supporter to what he ended up becoming, which to me is craven. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In, in so many ways. And I, I think he started, as you said, a lot of the trends, not just in terms of economics, but in terms of um, his well, handling the, of the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and his dog whistles. Um, yeah. Philadelphia, know. Mississippi is where he started his campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, so indeed. I mean, I'm sure that was an accident. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and I, 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 you know, my mom was was friendly with the Reagans. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just nice folks, but yep. horrible governors of the society. Um, uh, just especially with the AIDS. In fact, did you hear Dennis Prager, who has COVID? He literally said, if anybody pilloried uh, the gay population in the 80s, like we're pillorying unvaccinated people. Uh, did you not? Were you not alive, Dennis, at the time? He probably the was. gays had it so good in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> I mean, th- this is the sh- the shamelessness of these people is stunning. And what what makes it even harder to deal with is that Republicans 
like Reagan don't exist anymore, by which I mean, no, I mean, I think right. he was horrible. He was. However, he was. as you say, he was pleasant and he was probably very kind to people he knew. Um, I don't even think that's true of these people anymore. They're just awful across the board. I agree. Uh, and it's it's sort of become uh, something that's required now. Yeah. It's become like, Marjorie Three Toes, and I'm sorry. Was that was that body shaming? <laughs> that was out loud. That was, that was that my was outside voice. That I'm was sorry. your outside voice. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like like with with you know Goldwater. He couldn't be in this party now, and he was so far right at the mm-hmm. time. Um, he wanted to bomb all of Asia. Yeah. You know, and, you know. And Kissinger seems like a good guy at this. I mean, there's so many well, people. Mm-hmm. Eh, you're right. Yeah, never. Um, yeah, you're right. But uh, he did depose for my mother because when she sued the National Enquirer, mm-hmm. the story was she was at the Reeve Gauche in D.C. having mm-hmm. dinner. The story was Carol Burnett and her husband were at the Reeve Gauche. Henry Kissinger was there, and she, my mother, went around the ho- the entire restaurant eating off of other people's plates, <laughs> and that she threw wine in Henry Kissinger's face. Sounds exactly like so- something your mom would do. Totally. So that Only was the, the story. So Mr. Kissinger was deposed for that. <laughs> she did not. All right. So he did one good thing. He did one Actually, good thing. Actually, he didn't. He just told the truth. Okay. He told the truth. Exactly. He told the truth. Um, that, that's my only fondness of the man uh, by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I mean, you know, it's like you look at a Bob Dole. He can't be in this party anymore. No. no. I mean, nope. not by any stretch of the imagination. It's like. It's... We're criminal. George W. Bush couldn't be in this Exactly. Party. He's like. Or even Tip O'Neill. Tip O'Neill, of course. I mean, there's so many people that you just can't have in. Dick Cheney couldn't be. Thank you. His daughter (laughs) can't be. Insane. I mean, when I'm when I'm applauding Liz Cheney, uh, somewhere (laughs) Somewhere some angel is losing its wings. wings. (laughs) The the wings are being lost. I again, though, it's uh, it's the same thing with people like Raffensperger, right? uh, The the attorney general of Georgia who did his job. He did his job. Right. Liz Cheney is doing her job and that's as it should be. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems because people are like, Oh my God, they're so brave that it, it completely covers over the fact that Raffensperger is out there claiming that, you know, Stacey Abrams committed fraud in the same right. way. And Liz Cheney voted against the Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. Right. She voted against um, Build Back Better. She vote. I, I think I'm not. Oh, uh, she's voted against everything. Yeah. <laughs> she voted with Donald like 96 percent of the time. She, right. she is also responsible for him. Lovely that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bare minimum. Um, but, you know, uh I'm I, I'm guessing that there was a political calculation that came along with that too, and she she lost mm-hmm. probably at least in the short run. Yeah, but um, I don't think it was just entirely because uh, you know she wanted to do the right thing. Right, that's true. I know she's a politician for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about it, and I think she hopes that the party will get back to sanity. But I- exactly, yeah, I think she was positioning herself. For just that mm-hmm. eventuality, but I don't know that it is an eventuality. 
I don't think so anymore. I I used to say I I mean I I think I said a while back that I said you know watch out for Liz Cheney. I said she's going to be their nominee, and then no, I think I think she's done. Josh Hawley. Yeah, I think she's done. Well, if Josh Hawley can tear himself away from asteroids and porn long enough. <laughs> I sorry, I just dated my asteroids. No, I thought it was Donkey sorry, Kong. Kids. I thought it was Donkey Kong. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. I don't know video game. Sorry, okay. uh, which you can tell because I referenced a game that was around in the seventies. Um, <laughs> yeah, if he can tear himself away from the porn and the Call of Duty or whatever, whatever, uh, yeah. right. Grand Theft Auto, uh, enough to campaign, then uh, yeah, it it could. Possibly. I think it's more likely to be Holly than it is to be Cruz or Cotton. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that assumes one one huge thing. And we don't know. We have no idea how this is all going to shake out. Well, um, I mean, I saw you tweet about Joyce Vance's article today uh, about mm-hmm. how Steve Bannon's subpoena is not going fast enough. And I am with you on that. But she's like, it's OK. Everybody mm-hmm. calm down because she's a good lawyer and she mm-hmm. worked for the DOJ. That's right. And if you don't listen to her um, podcast, it's hashtag sisters in law. It's her, uh, Barb McQuaid, uh, uh, Kimberly um, Atkins store and, mm-hmm. and Jill Weinbanks. And mm-hmm. they do. I listen to them and I'm like, oh, now I'm calming down. Because lawyers, yep. you know, it's like, yep. and then I freak out and then I'm calming down, you know, because she's like, you know, silence does not mean inaction. Right. And and honestly, I think a lot of this wouldn't have been a problem if Merrick Garland had done anything. Right. Right. To restore our faith. And right out of the gate, he did the one thing that he absolutely didn't have to do. It was utterly gratuitous. He decided to have the DOJ defend Donald against E. Jean Carroll. I know. Um, I think Merrick Garland is at best a lame outmoded institutionalist and at worst he's you know whatever it is that somebody has to be in order to decide that that's worth the doj's time and money mm-hmm. well i mean what joyce wrote was there's an old saying prosecute i can do it in her accent uh, <laughs> they like to repeat to one another if you shoot at a king you best not miss and right. bannon is just shy of donald when it comes to mm-hmm. that and don't indict a suspect before your evidence is in place. Now, granted, we all think that it's there because subpoena didn't show right. crime. Right. Um, she she continues to write, while his situation seems simple on the surface, it's impossible to know whether allegations of other criminal conduct by Bannon or other people needs to be investigated and evaluated for prosecution as a part of this same manner. So maybe they're building a bigger case against him than we think. Now, as, right. as, as, as someone who's on the other side of that spectrum, well, to be truthful, I think all the women in my life would probably testify that I am on the spectrum. But <laughs> in this case, it's more of, you know, I, I, I still have, you know, flashbacks of, you know, Mueller when, 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 yeah. when, when he was supposed Mueller, to. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah. the Mueller report. Mueller. 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 We call him Bill. <laughs> Uh, it's Bob, actually. Bob. You can call him Bill, but sure. his name is Bob. I See? I knew that. Steve. We'll call him Steve. Well, we always call everybody so, Steve. Yeah. So, but I mean, but I mean, I mean, when we see someone like, uh, you know, if you're being called to testify or being called by a higher court to show up and you don't show up, 
then it's kind of like, okay, well, he should be treated like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then if there's so much evidence against him, then let's go get him and let's do all. And so, I mean, to me, it's, I'm on the other side of it, which is let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I, you know, not a lawyer, don't know much about this stuff at all, but if I get subpoenaed by a court of law yeah. and I just say, sorry, not happening. Isn't that a crime? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, forget about Bannon's uh, potential other alleged crimes. Right. I agree. He with just you. committed a crime. Right. So that's the part that I don't understand. Like right. that you're just right. allowed to, you know, blow these things off. It's it's kind of incredible. And I would have thought that Garland would have learned from watching Mueller that. Yeah, obviously, you know, you want to be measured and you want to be careful, but you know, dragging things out, it's its not simply that it, it creates a situation for ineffective prosecution. Right. You lose people. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if Mueller had indicted all of those people at the same time. <laughs> but it was a drip. It was one yeah. here, two a couple of months later that mm-hmm. no, whom nobody had ever heard of. Right. So, but, you know, by the 23rd person, everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Right. No. Didn't add up to anything. You're absolutely right. According to Joyce Aline's um, uh, op-ed today, she also said the U.S. attorney for the for D.C. just got sworn in last Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's the guy that's got to prosecute this. So give him a week. I think it's fair. But, you know, also, to be fair, though, it's been almost two weeks. Yes, it has. And they they have to have seen this coming. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd like to think that they had some things in place beforehand, but who knows? Listen, there's nothing we can do about it. So we it's sort of similar to, you know, dealing with people who who now think uh, Big Bird is a socialist, communist, Leninist, Marxist. I don't care. I'm not dealing with them anymore. I, you know, we can't do anything about the fact that this is taking longer than we'd like because I'm with you, Sean. I want this done five years ago. Yeah. Um, but wishing doesn't make it so. What? Yes. So we've got to focus on other stuff. What? So um, apparently there's a Pence photograph that he doesn't want out from him in the, uh, I guess. <laughs> Crying? Parking, is crying? No, is parking crying? garage. <laughs> parking garage during January 6th. He had no place to sit. And he's like, I don't want that released. It's like, dude, it's historical record. And, and nowhere to sit? What, what you, who cares? That, you were hiding because people tried to kill you. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him hiding because people wanted to hang him in a gallows. Oh, because it, it, it'll, it'll show him in a state of weakness, in a state of vulnerability that <laughs> has always been questioned. <laughs> and apparently... <laughs> And apparently Um, he's looking at a tweet at some point that Donald tweeted out about him and he grimaced. It's like, don't show that. Well, dude, he wanted you to be killed. Yeah. You know, well, but it goes against his narrative. (laughs) Yeah. The narrative that everything was just fine. Yep. And, uh, you know, the only real problem that day was that Pence wasn't allowed to overturn the results of a free and fair election. Right. Hey, given another chance, he would have. He would have. I mean, John Eastman, seriously, that guy. And yet he also roams free. He yeah. does roam free. It's There's even more stuff coming out about him that he wrote a while ago. It's just, I don't have it in front of me, but it's just like, seriously, dude? Um, I know there's more subpoenas that went out the other day. Um, it's, it's just, Lord. 
Lord help us. I liked your tweet today. Rex Chapman tweeted out, tell me something true about you that you wouldn't believe. And then she. Yeah. People are like, oh, I was a stripper, but I didn't know it. Or I was on the a bag of Doritos, whatever. And then that, you, that's the, that you, was the level of engagement he was looking for. And I ruined it for everybody. No, it was brilliant. Tell, tell young legs what you tweeted out. It was brilliant. What'd you say? I said, um, my uncle is responsible for the death of over 750,000 people. And he still has, and yet he still hasn't been, I'm sorry, I'm blowing it. He yeah, still right. hasn't been held accountable or something. Yeah. So and yet like he seems to have gotten away with that's it. That's it. That's it. It's like, well, that's kind of checkmate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of, oh. It was kind of checkmate. I was going to, I was going to be cheeky going, um, my mom's a fam- famous yeah, comedian. Right. Hey. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I didn't mean, I was in a very dark mood. Shocking. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> Well, I mean, you have a book to read that will help you that mm-hmm. you wrote. So yes. there is that. <laughs> oh, and Paul Gosar should just go. Uh, did you see this, no. Mr. Burton? It's very hard not to swear. What did he, what did he, which one? Paul Gosar, crazy man from Arizona, uh-huh. whose family, Dennis. yeah, who, exa- whose family hates him. Basically, when he ran for his district in Arizona, they all said, okay. don't vote for this don't guy. For he has like 17 siblings and every single one of them when made no. a commercial don't about do how horrible do he is. You know how my siblings would do with somebody. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is so many to pick from. Anyway, um, he basically tweeted out an anime Oh, the one of uh, AOC. Yeah, I saw that. On yeah, one yeah, body yeah. and yeah. his face on another. And I would have been fired. I would have been tossed aside if I was the CEO, if, even if I was middle management or even working in the mailroom, I would have been fired. Like, here's your box. Pack your stuff. We're going to escort Six you out. years ago, so would have a Republican House member. Ah, oh, man. I believe the speaker did. She Earlier this morning, she did tweet out the uh, Kevin, I don't have any ovaries, <laughs> McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Um, please, you know. Join me in talking to the ethics committee and in law enforcement because her tweet was about join me in this because I've notified law enforcement. I've notified the ethics committee, as should you. The FBI would be at our door. You'd think. If you did something like that. Oh, yeah. As they should. In addition to being fired. Yeah. Right. I mean, the fact that they're thinking of censuring the 13 Republicans that voted to, I don't know, help their constituents and have roads and clean water and stuff. No roads, you babies. <laughs> Who needs roads? Clean water? This is the, this is 2021. Don't we have flying, flying DeLoreans cars, by so now? It's not necessary. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's, it's, eh, and I'm glad that that bill got passed. And I do believe that the bill back better will. I think that Murkowski might vote for it. I think that Biden has a couple GOP voters that are retiring or maybe they want to clear their conscience. Is yes, that what you're okay. I think oh. so. I think that's why everybody's kind of like, it's going to pass. It's going to pass. It's going to yeah. pass. I really do. I think there's one or two that are like, eh, I don't want to be a it's jerk. Hard. It's hard to say, though. Um, I hope they, you know, one of the things I, I, I talk about is that they had they've had so many off ramps mm-hmm. and even the alleged non-existent centrists in the of in the Republicans in the Senate never took them. Yeah. Never. Um, you know, here and there, maybe, um, but never in a way that made a difference. Um, so I'm I'm skeptical. 
I hope you're right. Um, you know, I hope it's it just enough to offset the hideousy, hideous, hideous, hideousness of. Uh, <laughs> sorry, she she scrambles my brain. <laughs> She's easy to do that. Back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you know, hopefully because we need it. We we need it um, because we've always needed it. This country's falling apart, literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. But Biden needs it. The feud, we need it in order to give democracy any chance of surviving. Well, I mean, Lisa Murkowski, the only person who caucuses with the, because she's an independent, with the GOP in the Senate, voted to debate Joe Manchin's bill. Just debate it. And and John Lewis's bill. And it's like, we're not even voting on the bill. We're just voting to debate the bill. That's insanity to me. Because we're not a democracy. No. And and when Mitch Mitch uh, I'm sorry Mitt Romney Willard um, decided, oh we don't want to blow up the filibuster. Are you kidding? They will blow it up the minute they have power again. Oh yeah, in, oh, a, in a New second. York minute oh, yeah. they will blow it up. And it's like, for me, I'm with um, uh, Franken and Ornstein on the 41 people have to be on the floor talking about yep. the bill. Yep. I'm worse than they are because they're like, oh you can tag somebody out. I'm like, no, nope. it has to be the same 41. Because yep. Franken's like, no, if you got to go to the bathroom, tag somebody in. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's got to be the same. Enough to you. Yeah. Yeah. You stay. You wear your diapers like Wendy Davis did. Right. That's yeah. my view. And the thing is, is that it'll, I mean, I don't think that, you know, the big picture is, is like companies like Caterpillar, who is obviously going through their own situation with labor and so forth, because I think they're heading towards a strike. But um, I think that Caterpillar and I, for the life of me, I can't remember the other company that's big in John Deere uh Deere oh is there an, they're still on strike that uh, uh do a lot of construction I mean they obviously uh, have the support vehicles and the uh, construction I mean they do a lot of at least in the state of Iowa that mm-hmm. I spent the last five weeks in oh, that I'm sorry. I know, well, no, no, <laughs> it's good it's good except you know um Donald was there the same and time that I was kissing his butt. Uh, and that was interesting. And I think I talked about the skirmish that happened in the lobby of my hotel. Anyway. Um, so anyway, so I mean, but it's going to put a lot of these companies, it's, it's going to boost sales. It's going to put people to work. It's going to improve, you know, again, roads, bridges, mm-hmm. water. Kind of, well, yeah. Water's important. Is it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, cement companies, right? Yeah. Steel. Right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So I mean, it's gonna it's gonna put money back into the economy. It is. It will be. It is. Oh look, we're playing the uh, playoff music. So Mary Trump, you're awesome. Thanks for you being guys on are show. awesome too. Thank yeah. you so much for having me here. So with our Patreon listeners, y'all, as soon as we're done with this part, stay tuned. We call it out of the bunker. Because we can't steal postmortem because that just sounds bad. That's why Bob changed his to the shadow docket. Um, So so we will will talk at you guys in a little bit. Hold on. There we go. I know how to do this. (laughs) Thank you for listening to From the Bunker. I'll know how to do this. One of these days. If you need help, get it. There is no shame in it, and we'll talk at you guys soon.